You are listening to the Canadian Immigration Podcast, episode 86. The Canadian immigration process can be complex and frustrating. With the Canadian Immigration Department making it virtually impossible to speak to an officer, there are a few places to turn to for trusted information. The Canadian Immigration Podcast was created to fill this void by offering the latest on immigration law, policy, and practice. Please welcome ex-immigration officer and Canadian immigration lawyer, Mark Holthy, as he is joined by industry leaders across Canada, sharing insight to help you along your way. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Canadian Immigration Podcast. In a way, um, this is also being recorded via video, which is a little bit of a shift. Uh, but the the underlying core um, uh, technology that we're using here is the audio portion. So I'm really, really grateful to do this episode 86. It's been a little while since we've uh, released an episode. I've been really busy over on the Canadian Immigration Institute, uh, producing a, a bunch of content, creating more uh, DIY courses and things like that. But when I have a chance to bring on an awesome guest like the one that I have today, I absolutely have to clear my schedule to make it happen. And that is the case with Paula Calderon. Paula, welcome to the Canadian Immigration Podcast. How are you? I'm very well, Mark. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Excellent. Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, back in, if you go back, the, those who are listening to episode 72, you will learn a lot about an amazing, amazing company, a not-for-profit company called Windmill Micro, uh, Micro Landing. And uh, Windmill is an amazing story, and I'm not going to get into any of that because you can go back and watch that. Uh, but I just had to have them back again. So Paula Calderon has graciously agreed to come join me to tell, talk a little bit more about well, this world that we're in right now, this this pandemic that has um, harmed the, the country, not only uh, you know from a health standpoint, but economically, we're all looking at ways to try to recover from from where we're, where we're at right now. And uh, Paula has uh, some really, really neat ideas that I wanted to share with the listeners today, have her tell you know uh, a little bit about the role that micro lending plays within this recovery. And in particular, one of the challenges is the underemployment of the immigrants that are here right now. So, so Paula, yeah, welcome so much. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about the, your role with, uh, with Windmill and um, why don't we start from there? Sure, Mark. Thank you. Uh, and thanks again for having me here today. Um, I, I am an immigrant myself. I came to Canada from Colombia with my family in 2001. Um, and I have actually uh, dedicated my professional life in Canada to supporting uh, immigrants with labor market integration. So I, I have worked in several different areas of labor market integration, so integration for newcomers to Canada, started with language programs, moved on to um, internship programs, bridging programs, and now I'm with financing and micro lending. That's amazing. So what was your first introduction to Windmill? Um, I was working in employment services and uh, and I had heard, I mean, formerly Immigrant Access Fund. So Windmill used to be called Immigrant Access Fund. So uh, of course we were close partners in employment services. We, we used to promote Windmill and, and, and our services and their services at the time. Um, and uh, Windmill actually has been in a growth, very interesting growth trajectory. 
And with that came uh, lots of, of course, changes within the organization. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to uh, be, I was fortunate enough to be called and head the new, the development of the client success department at Windmill. So Windmill has a very big focus on the success of our clients because that's why we exist. We exist to see immigrants succeed. Um, and, uh, and so I've been for the last two and a half years uh, heading the client success department at Windmill. Wonderful. All right. So let's dive right into this topic. And obviously we know that our government is going to be struggling over the next, well, there's, it's going to be years as they try to yeah. deal with this, you know, this, this economy that's become very, very sluggish and they're going to be, you know, looking for ways, innovative ways to try to stimulate things and to move forward. So tell me how windmill might fit into this, you know, this longer term solution. Yes, I mean, Mark, the world is struggling, right? Uh, we know there is there's lots of global uncertainty, um, the pandemic, uh, the continuous decline of all oil prices, of course. Uh, and in Canada, I mean, this is not new, but it has been exacerbated by this. Uh, the current situation is the fact that we have labor shortages and we also have an aging population, right? As you know, I mean, there's more baby boomers leaving the labor force and a reduced number of available workers, which will slow the future economic growth of the country in turn, right? So those are very serious matters. And of course, the government has um, plans in place to try and, and overcome these challenges. But yeah, overall, windmill is, is playing a role. I mean, according to the Conference Board of Canada, Canada loses up to 12.7 billion in wages each year due to the underemployment uh, of immigrants. So if you, if you think of that, that's a huge resource that we're underutilizing, right? So, um, and there's, sorry. I was just going to say, Paula, and this is something, you know, this is the language that we're familiar with. But when we talk about lost wages because of underemployment, can you break that down just a little bit for someone who's unfamiliar with what we're referring to here? Um, you know, how are, how are we losing, you know, income? So can you break that down? Yes, of course. I mean, when uh, when a person receives wages and income, they in turn pay taxes, right? And those taxes are returned back to the economy. So um, it's not only that, but there's also the 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 economic opportunity that that people have to spend money. So that is money that comes back into the into the economy as well, right? So we're we're looking at several things. I mean. We've done studies about the, the economic impact it has, and, and we look only at wage and, and tax portion of it, but there is a huge other trickle effect in the economy when people just don't have spending capacity, right, or they have reduced spending capacity, and they're actually relying on government subsidies and, and other services because they can't make the living that they should be able to make. So that is the impact that that um, underemployment of people has. And and yes, I mean, sometimes it's it's impossible to get to a higher wage quickly. But when you look at people that are highly qualified and trained and could be earning and making more money for themselves and for the country, um, that's when we look at the loss that we have there, the, the, the portion of, of wages that they could be making, but are not due to that underemployment. Um, and, and that varies. I mean, based there's lots of studies. I know World Education Services did a study on, on the different um, 
employment outcomes of immigrants based on age and gender and education level and all of that. So it, it varies from one immigrant to another. But the fact that we're not fully utilizing their potential is a loss for the rest of us and for the country. So I'm going to I know we're going to talk about some other aspects that relate to economic recovery. But for someone that's just tuning in now, what's the barrier? Like what's stopping them if they've got this, you know, if they if they've got a master's degree and and, you know, from India, what's stopping them? I know. I know it's it's the 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 eternal question. And, and at the same time, we're saying we have one of the other problems we just mentioned was labor shortages. So there are shortages. We need people and there are, there is people here and they're not getting jobs right so what's happening and and it's just the systematic barriers and they're different as i said they vary from one person to another but it could be language it could be education we've we've seen that the higher level of educate the higher the level of education the lower the employment outcomes are so it's it's that translation i mean we still we're still facing um barriers in terms of employers understanding foreign credentials, right? And that's where we play a role. So foreign credential recognition is a very, very big aspect and a very big barrier to um, uh, commensurate employment. Mm -hmm. And and maybe I should have let in with, I have a foreign engineering degree. You know, what is stopping me, right? And and obviously the reality is getting those credentials recognized and being able to be registered with whatever professional association. Um, It could be a trade even to be able to practice in that profession in Canada. And that's the miracle of windmill. So uh, like mm-hmm. I said, go back to episode 72, everyone, and listen to it because it's it's amazing. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's kind of continue down this path with the role windmill can play in helping with this, you know, this economic recovery. Absolutely. So windmill offers uh, affordable loans. So they're low interest loans of up to $15,000 for credential recognition, licensing, retraining, and professional development as well. So um, at the beginning, and maybe I I don't remember if our our policies had changed at the time that you had uh, Onai or the other guest speaker from Windmill, um, but at the beginning, we were just providing um, loans for people who wanted to get back into their field of work, right? So the the credential recognition of whatever they had done prior to coming to Canada. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but ultimately, we know that people move for different reasons and that we're also in a different economy and things are changing and people sometimes need to make career changes, career shifts or um, upgrade their their skills and education as well to be able to uh, fit the demands that are currently in the country. Right. So actually, our, our policies extended and our loans are, are available to people who want to upskill, reskill or get their, their credentials recognized. Of course, we look at at several different needs based on professions. We have regulated professions. You mentioned engineers, um, not necessarily regulated to work in Nigeria, but to become a professional engineer, you do need to get a license in Canada. Um, For people in healthcare, physicians, nurses, physiotherapists, they need to get uh, their their, um, licenses before being able to work in Canada. So that would be the foreign credential recognition. But we have other people who have worked in, uh, I don't know, in in other sectors, uh, but have previous experience or transferable skills into other professions, and all they need is a certification, the local certification that will open those doors. So we assess based on the need of each individual client. And, uh, of course, understanding that 
we don't want to get people in unnecessary debt. So that's where the client success piece of our of my my role comes into place is that we have a model that's a coaching model. So we have client success coaches who assess people's applications and ensure that they're making the best decisions for their uh, for their career success, uh, future career success. Um, and, and that's how loans are uh, approved or assigned to clients based on on their needs and, and their best interest in mind, of course. That makes perfect sense. And, you know, one of the discussions that I have a lot with new immigrants is we help them on my side to come to Canada. Um, there's mm-hmm. lots of discussion on this need to take a, what's called a survival job until you get your feet underneath you. And, right. more, you know, so frequently we see people who never leave those survival jobs. They just continue working in them and they're trapped. And I think what most people, especially, you know, a lot of the listeners don't understand is when you're working and you're getting paid $15 an hour, you know, you literally have, well, in most cases, you hardly have enough to even pay for food, let alone Mm -hmm. the exorbitant costs of of applying to get your foreign credential, um, you know, uh, recognized. Um, and even, even, you know, most of the express entry folks do have their foreign credentials recognized, but it's then applying to the various professional associations like you've identified. And I, like, I don't know mm-hmm. what the range is, but I have to assume like there it's thousands of dollars, right? Just the application fee alone. And, Absolutely. Uh, and when you don't have that money, you, you just can never get out of that cycle. You're just, you're just stuck perpetually. And then the worst situation is that you're, you're, your amazing experience, your work experience, because of the time, then it's too old. And then you can't count it anymore by the time you've saved up the money to actually pay for the the registration costs. So this is why I love Windmill so much. Absolutely. And that is our hope, right? That we will turn all of that potential that our clients have into prosperity for them and for our country. And uh, ultimately, yes, you're right. The sooner the better. I mean, you do, yes, sometimes you do need to go through transitional employment and survival jobs so that you can continue down this path. But what's really important is that there's a plan, right? And that that you you follow the current, the right steps to to reach the ultimate goal of getting back into your field of work or what whatever your career goal is. Um, and and yes, that's why we're here, and, and hopefully we'll be able to help speed that process. In some cases, people have two or three months of, of study that they have to do to focus on on passing exams or to focus on 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 applying for a, a program, and we can even. Uh, cover the cost of their living expenses while they are studying so that they can pause that survival job and focus on their education, right? So if there's additional costs of of living, if there's uh, tools and equipment and books that they need, in some cases, childcare, right? I mean, you you can't, that's the other, the endless cycle of, you can't leave that survival job for three or four months or six months because you have childcare expenses or rent to pay, right? So so that can all be included within the amount for the loan, as long as it's for the purpose of completing the necessary steps to get closer to your employment goals. That makes a lot of sense. And I hadn't realized, or I guess I hadn't appreciated how broad the application of these loans can be. I never thought about the other kind of almost ancillary, um, you know, uh, impediments that exist to prevent people. You know, even having time, if you're working two jobs to make ends meet, it's nice to have a loan, but then you need to actually study for the exam you know, prepare. And, and I never even thought about the concept of tools or, or other, you know, costs that are all associated with it, let alone uh, childcare. So that's really, really neat. 
Wow. Okay. So, so if I'm an average Canadian then, so what's, how does this benefit the Canadian economy? I know we talked kind of loosely about this, but maybe you can draw some direct connections in so people get it. Yes, of course. So the main points, um, we all, we all benefit from the taxes that we all pay, right? That's how the government funds all of the services that we have. And we're so fortunate to have in this country. So I, I think we all appreciate that the value of that and the more people that are uh, working and making higher wages, the more taxes we have that are back to all of us, right? Um, there are labor shortages. Labor shortages have a huge impact on our economy. So filling those labor shortages is really, really important for us all. Um, and people, when they make more money, they spend more money on goods, on housing, on transportation. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you have a business, if you, for the government, for everyone, it's better that people have more spending capacity, right? So the, the more people we get employed at commensurate levels, the more spending we will have, more money we have coming back into our economy. Right. Um, the unemployment in general, I mean, drops considerably after the, after the intervention of the loan. So we have people who go. We have from forty to ten percent um, unemployment rate goes down from forty to ten percent after going through this. So so that filling that unemployment as well, because that all costs us. I mean, ultimately, to the average Canadian, having people unemployed or underemployed and needing services from the government and supports is has an impact on all of us right that so makes, once again yeah. the impact that it has on less taxes being paid and more tax tax services being used uh, as well as the the spending capacity of people uh, are what really have the biggest impact on us all yeah and i think as a country we're really feeling the effects of that right now with the pandemic, mm-hmm. with the forced closures of many of, you know, especially within the service industry. And well, mm-hmm. it's it's had ripple effects across everything that we're doing right now, all industry almost. No one is not, you know, has been left untouched by this. And so, Absolutely. you know, these issues you're describing are, are just being exacerbated by, by the fact of this pandemic. So even more think- now, you know, I can see, especially with people, if you're unemployed, you, you've been laid off, you can't work, well, one of the benefits is, all right, then let's look at getting your training done now. If you're stuck at home and you can't work, then the ability to then take and use this time productively to prepare, you know, and to, to lift your, yourself up, uh, you know, is it makes all the sense in the world for me, Paula. Absolutely. And I think now more than ever, we've been able to see the impact of people not being able to go out and spend. Right. So that's what happens. Um, It it, it affects us all. Um, But ultimately, we are also seeing the resilience in our people and and immigrants in particular are extremely resilient. They've gone through a lot of change. They've made a big decision to move from their own countries to come into a new space and start all over again, pretty much. Right. So resilience is is there. Um, And and we're finding that more and more people are looking for what's next. Now, the other impact this, this pandemic is having is that there is shifts in the economy, right, as well. So labor is changing. Where where there will be need or demand for labor is different to where it was before. So people are looking at what do I need to do to be able to get the opportunities that are coming in the near future, right? So retraining or upscaling to be able to access those opportunities as they come. We've seen a lot of people going into IT programs. We've seen a lot of people going into healthcare um, and really getting their licenses because they see that there's 
I mean, we have an imminent need right now. Um, we've been talking to employers and, and we have employers telling us we have a huge shortage of um, medical lab technicians, right? And it's like, okay, well, how many healthcare professionals do we have that have come from other countries that could get a medical lab technician license a lot quicker, at least while they relicense as a physician maybe, but there's so many employment opportunities that that that's an opportunity that people are taking right now, right? It's like, okay, let's shift gears. Let's look at what can we do that will get us quicker in a better economic situation so that we can ultimately get to our other goal. Or maybe this is the new, this is the new me, right? This is the, the shift that I have to do because it's still a very good profession with a lot of opportunities right now in the marketplace. Yeah. And I think that's something too that people don't realize is you can take someone's background and they'll, maybe it doesn't fit perfectly right with what we yeah. what the needs are here in canada or maybe their their foreign qualifications are just going to make it really difficult to be able to get that credential in the exact profession that they worked in before they came but there may be something here that is very closely aligned what would be just an ideal transition to maybe a little bit of a different profession a little bit of a different occupation but it builds off of the foundation that they brought with them and, and that's one Absolutely. of the things that I was really excited, you know, when I understood this concept. Yeah. And I think for immigrants themselves, I think a, a, an important lesson or a good thing to hear is that sometimes the perceptions you have about certain professions in your country are different in Canada. Different. And, and I know that for a fact. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's certain parts of the world where um people only think of certain professions, right? And the traditional professions, because mainly because there are no viable jobs or employment opportunities and, and it's it's either looked at differently or they just don't have the economic benefits that they could have in Canada. I mean, I've seen a lot of professionals shifting into trades. They never ever had, would have thought of doing that in their own countries. But in Canada, they can actually make a pretty decent living. And sometimes they're actually passionate about it. So you, you don't really realize what you like. And if, if, you, if you have something that is a passion, wasn't an option, but now becomes an option because you're in a different country with a different economy and with different, um, different perceptions of future jobs and also outcomes in terms of, of making a, a good living with yes. professions that you never thought you would you could do. Um, there's a lot of opportunities to learn about that and to think and open your mind as to what other opportunities can you get in Canada. And maybe all it takes is just a small training program, a, a short certification. That's another point I should mention and must be in your previous podcast, but just mm -hmm. mentioning that um, we only support like short term programs. Like yes. we wouldn't do a four year bachelor. We wouldn't lend you money for a four year bachelor degree. A, the amount that we lend probably not be enough. But also our our goal is to get people as quickly as possible back into the economy and, and into uh, viable employment. So up to two years of training is what we usually lend for. Unless, I mean, some regulated professions might require a little bit more, and, and we understand that, right, for their licensing. Yeah. But that's just federal credential recognition. So, for, sorry, foreign credential recognition. Yeah. All right, Paula. Well, that that's awesome. Let's, let's take a, a moment now, and we'll just go to a little bit of a break. And then when we come back, we'll flush out this a little bit more, this impact for clients. All right? Sure. Thank you. It's in each and every one of us. The capacity to do great things. Our potential. 
potential fuels possibilities. It enables us to do amazing things, to heal, to discover, to inspire. Unfortunately, too many skilled newcomers to Canada aren't able to fulfill their potential because their professional certification isn't valid here. Getting certified takes money, which is challenging when you're trying to start a new life here with no credit history. So they're trapped, trapped financially, trapped in a job they're not meant to do. Wasted potential is tragic. Our mandate is to change that. When new Canadians work in their true profession, they gain a sense of belonging, dignity, and self-worth. But the benefits don't stop there. Our economy benefits, with new thinking and greater tax contributions that support the services we all need. Its potential fully realized. The microloans we offer help secure a better, more prosperous future for all Canadians. Windmill Microlending, converting potential into prosperity. I absolutely love that video. And, um, you know, when I, when I think about some of the things that were discussed and some of the comments, um, trapped in a job that you were never meant to do. And we've talked about this a little mm -hmm. bit previously, but, um, but we don't bring immigrants in to, to make a small little contribution and to fill, you know, the lowest level positions in our economy. Our express entry system is designed to bring in individuals that have English off the charts, you know, that have just phenomenal education. They're, they're young, they're, you know, they're full of ambition. They have unbelievable potential. And, you know, <laughs> the, the comment potential fully realized. And so um, I, I just, yeah, it makes, it, yeah, it's inspiring is the only way I can describe it. Absolutely. And if you get a chance, I'll, I'll ask you to hop on our Facebook or, or LinkedIn page, I guess, today, because we just released a new video. And it's actually a recording of one of our clients leaving a voice message. So it's it's actually, that's exactly how it happened. We were all so moved by that voice message that we had to turn it into a video. And it's one of our clients who was an internationally trained architect who inquired about our services and, and our staff who are, I have to say, just amazing uh, with people and they're just so caring and compassionate and um, empathetic that they they kept telling her, encouraging her to apply for the loan so she can get her uh, architecture license um, in Canada. And and when she was approved for her loan, she called our staff back and uh, our frontline staff and and said thank you. I I was I've just been informed I was approved for my loan. I thought I was going to be stuck forever. Um, so it's just that sense of relief that there's, and she says at the end, there's light at the end of the tunnel. So I know it's very demoralizing for some people to come into Canada with all these expectations and all this hope that you bring, because nobody comes here thinking that they're not going to make it or they're not going to be successful, right? Who would make that that decision? Um, so when you actually come in and then you find that there are difficulties and challenges and, and then you end up getting a job that is not related to your profession because you need to survive that is really really difficult and hard and, and I know because I've been there <laughs> that you feel that that's going to be it forever 
uh, right? But it doesn't have to be. There are ways, there are solutions. Our program works getting local um, certifications, licensing, accreditation works. Our clients actually triple their income by the time they, they finish repaying their loan. So they come to us with a level of income um, that is, as you say, sometimes non-existent and sometimes just really not commensurate with their uh, with their skills um, and qualifications. And by the time they leave our, our program, they have repaid their loan. They have tripled their income. So that is absolutely great. Um, they, we have and other Paula, stats. I'll, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll jump in for a second, mm -hmm. Paula. And I'm not going to ask you to, to give me an answer, but I can bet that the rate of repayment is off the charts. So when you when you think of these loans that are being extended and just the you know the ability that it 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 has to liberate people from their circumstances you know I I have no doubt in my mind that the the rate of repayment on those line, like on those loans is off the charts. So. Well you're absolutely right and to us that's the best measure of success right because if our clients are doing well of course they will have no problem repaying their loan. Our repayment rate is at 97.7% right now. And it fluctuates in that 97% range, 97 to 98% range all the time. And that just tells us that it works and people are doing well and they're having no problems repaying our loan. The added benefit of it is another barrier that you have when coming into the country is the fact that you don't have access to affordable credit or to any credit whatsoever, because having credit history in the country is really important to have to be able to have access to credit. So windmill, our, our loans actually help clients and help newcomers build credit history also gain financial literacy. We coach people on how to make a good solid repayment plan so that they end up having no difficulties repaying, repaying their loans and come out of it with new credit history or rebuilt credit history and, and just ready to take on the world and get more. <laughs> wow. That is awesome. You know, I, once again, that's another aspect that I hadn't considered. And it's interesting, I have had lots of discussions with our, you know, mainstream banks about this. And, um, you know, some banks are a little bit more facilitated with newcomers than others. But what a missed opportunity, you know, and I look at the work that you guys do, and it is, it's not out of, a, a, you know, a motivation of profit, but it's about trying to do good and helping someone up, giving them a, a lift up. And, you know, when you see that those efforts come full circle and, you know, these these wonderful newcomers become just the lifeblood, the lifeblood of our country. You know, they they literally infuse our country with just this, you know, well, I don't even know how to describe it other than to say that we're so much better, you know, as a country yeah. when they come in and uh, to see these Absolutely. positive outcomes is exceptional. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, we, we set out, as you say, with immigration policies that look at economic inclusion, right, and, and making sure that that people are included in the economy, we have a very good selection process, we're bringing in the best of the best, why wouldn't we make best use of that, right, the best use that we can of all of that. Um, and then ultimately, when people are accomplished and successful, they're happy. So we have a happy country. And that's what we all want to have, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it just becomes a, it just gives us the harmony that we strive for here in Canada. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
Well, this has been wonderful, Paula. I really appreciate you taking the time to come join me. Um, before we kind of wrap up, is there any other last little bits of information that we didn't have a chance to talk about today that you'd like to share? Well, no, I mean, I think uh, hopefully we've provided enough information. I just encourage everyone to just reach out to us. If, if you're a newcomer, reach out to us. Let's see if we can help. Um, our teams are always willing to, to answer questions and to support people. Um, and, uh, and there is a way, there are many ways to become prosperous and to succeed in this country. So we just need to find the best way for, for each one of us, right? And uh, so reach out to us, get in touch with Windmill Micro Lending. Um, and to anyone else who is uh, who aligns with our cause and what we want to do, just encourage them to, su to support us. Donations, we are a non-for-profit, we are a charity. We, as you said, we're not here for the profit. We're here to support uh, people and to make sure that, that we're supporting newcomers and we're supporting uh, the country in general and our economy. So every little bit helps. So um, And then, yeah, just follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and get in touch. Excellent. I'll make sure that for those that are watching this, we'll put some links in the description for the video. Um, but uh, as far as those who are listening in, what is the URL? What's the what's the web address? Sure, it's windmill micro lending, one word, dot org, dot org. Yeah, and that's the key, dot org, not dot com. Wonderful. Well, thank yes. you so much, Paula. It was a, a pleasure having you join me and I'm excited to share this with the world. Thank you, Mark. The pleasure was all mine. All right. Take care. You too. Bye.